You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the uh, FinFans Podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank both the Dolphins Talk Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Please make sure to follow the show. That way you'll know when a new one comes out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. And it's another podcast. Uh, I'm here with Louis Ragoni. Hello, Dolphins. Glad to be back, Michael. Glad to be back. Glad to have you back. Six and three, Louis. Six and three. Woof. Woo, 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 woo. That was a rough one yesterday, huh? It, it was. It was probably rougher than people thought it was going to be. I mean, Justin Fields was pretty amazing, you know? <laughs> yeah, he was uh, one Big, man. Big, strong, and fast. For... Who did he remind you of yesterday, Mike? Who did he bit. remind me of? I don't know. Josh Allen. You think so? Running the football, yes. Yeah, well, yeah, because he's about that size. I mean, he, he's yeah. not the passer, obviously. I mean, right. he, had, he had 123 yards passing yesterday. Right. But he did throw two, three touchdowns in the process. Um, he did it when he had to in the red zone. Three touchdown passes, 123 yards. Not an awful lot, but... He killed us running the football, 178 yards rushing out of a quarterback. Insane. Yeah, without him, I don't know what they would have done because <laughs> they weren't very effective, you know, running the ball aside from him, and then they really didn't have that great a passing game. Exactly. He was a one-man wrecking crew yesterday. I mean, a lot falls on him. He's, he's an interesting guy. You know, as you watch the game and you watched it unfold, um, you know, we had a— we, we had so many opportunities to just pull away, and the offense was on fire. The defense just could not stop them. Every time we had an opportunity to pull away, you know, they'd go down the field and they'd score on our defense. I mean, it was, it was a tough, tough day, and it was all him running the football, basically. Yeah. You know, as you mentioned. Uh, Montgomery and Herbert, who were both really good running backs, 21 attempts. They had a total of 59 yards, Mike. That, yep. that translates to less than three yards a carry. And that's what you expect from our defense, that, that you know, our defensive line is usually pretty good against the run. That's what our, that's what our defense does against everybody. Yep. Teams are not successful running the football against us. This was a whole different element. I mean, he's dropping back to pass. We're spread out. You know, I think our safeties are playing a little bit deep to help the one corner. X-Man's out there on the island like he normally is. And, you know, I didn't necessarily agree with the defense so much, Mike. I thought that they played a very basic defense. Yeah, they were pretty vanilla. They, they were vanilla. They had, you know, they had a spy. They probably should have had two spies, to be honest <laughs> with you, because this guy was, you know, he was just killing us over and over again. And... To me, it seemed like at the half they did make some adjustments, um, but you know the Bears were still able to drive down the field and score a touchdown in both third and fourth quarters. Um, you know, so again, I just didn't think they threw a lot at him. I think that they were afraid of you know throwing blitzes, but I, I think I would have approached that a little bit differently. 
I definitely would have approached it a little bit differently. I would have uh, blitzed a little bit more um, through the through the lanes, you know, inside our defense, you know, our defensive ends and our tackles, and and not give him lanes to run through. You know, just just throw five or six rushers at him. And well, sometimes and that has the opposite effect than you that you it, want. It you does. Know? It does. I mean, you're you're you know you're rolling the dice, but Mike, yeah. I mean, we weren't effective nope. doing it the other way. So no, we weren't. And you know, I felt that you know throwing some different looks at him to where you know he may step left or step right and just run right into somebody. I felt that that may have been a little bit better approach because what they were doing was not working. I mean. We we were fortunate. We really were. When it was all said and done, you know, it came down to at the very end that, you know, the pass interference that was not called. Had it been called, they were already in field goal range. Yeah, and had it been called, it would have been a different ending. <laughs> it would have, well, yes, absolutely. I mean, even if they didn't drive and get into the end zone at that point. They'll take uh, it overtime. It were going in overtime. Yeah. And I mean, with the way that kid was running on us, um, you know, I didn't trust us at that point. And, and I don't think I want to see Sanders in overtime right now. No. And, you know, the thing is, Mike, is, you know, you look at this game and, you know, you look at the fourth quarter and there's a goose egg, you know, on, on our side offensively. Yep. And that's, yep. that's a problem as well because, you know, we had opportunities. And, um, you know, Tua had a phenomenal game yesterday. But in the fourth quarter, we, you know, we had two opportunities to really just ice the game, and um, we weren't able to uh, execute. You know, um, bad throw to Smythe. You know, I know there was some people saying, including the announcer, that, you know, it fell on or, you know, some of the blame should have went to Smythe because he wasn't looking. But the pass, whether he was looking, if it hits him in the chest as he turns around, then that's fine. You know, the pass was not really catchable. And you know, he missed Waddle down the sideline, which was, you know, and I, you know, that would have iced the game as well. You know, you take those two throws away and he was just incredible all day. But, um, you know, fourth quarter is crunch time, Mike. And um, yeah, I, know, I made the same argument, you know, on, on the uh, Facebook page, you know, uh, right. It's crunch time. Yes. You got to produce in crunch time. Now, I'm, you know, Tua was great yesterday. Absolutely fantastic. He really was. I'm not, you know, it's not hyperbole. Third um, downs, just incredible. I mean, you know, converting over and over again. Go ahead, not to cut you off. His passing was sharp. He was efficient. And, uh, you know, he was doing what he's been doing. Uh, you know, the game before, he was just as sharp and, and just as dynamic. Yes, uh, absolutely. But when it did get to the fourth quarter, he made, he made a couple of mistakes. Now, whether you blame him for both, well, that's just, that's just perception. You know, we don't know what happened. But, uh, you know, you, you've got to find a way to get points in the fourth quarter in such a close game, or you're going to lose some of those games. So Correct. You know, it's absolutely. just, you want, you want to see it. But, yeah, I'm not taking anything away from his performance. He was, he was fabulous. If he, if he continues to play at that level the rest of the season, we're going to be fine. Yes, I mean, there comes a point too, Mike, where you know, when we're third and short and fourth and short, we've got we've 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 got to get those first downs in those situations. I mean, we we were in a similar situation over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think against Pittsburgh as well. And at some point, we we have to start picking up these first downs. I mean, they ran Wilson on third down on that fourth quarter drive, and then they went for it on fourth down and two it through the pass to Smythe. And we come away with no points again. Um, you know, so 
They've, they've got to come up with something. I mean, I thought that the play call was fine. You know, Tyreek Hill, they had him sprinting across the field and they were going to go to him initially in the flat, but that wasn't open. When they showed the replay, you know, he was covered like a blanket. It would have been a tough, you know, right. he, w- he wouldn't have got, the, he wouldn't have got the first down. They, they played it perfectly, Chicago. So give him credit there. But you know, on the back end, they had Smythe going the opposite way. And, oh, my God, that could have been just – if they execute that, then, yep. you know, he's down the sideline until somebody catches him because he was beyond the defender. You know, so, so it's tough. You know, it's tough to watch that and to see our offense be so good for three quarters and then in the fourth quarter not able to put a team away because, you know, the competition is going to get better. And, you know, we have to, you know, it's four quarters. Football's four quarters, not three quarters. And, right. um, you know, the defense has got to step up. Um, they've got to make plays and, you know, and the offense has got to do the same. You, you know, know, there are just some games where every play is crucial. Yes, absolutely. You Especially, know, and there's, a, there's other games where, you know, you can just pretty much relax because you know you've got the other team beat whenever you decide to put your foot on the gas. Right. You know, it's just different situations, different weeks. But yesterday felt like a game where we had to keep scoring, and, and we were fortunate. So Absolutely. We were one mistake away on offense, Mike, yeah. from, you know, from giving them the opportunity to, lead, to take a lead over and over again. I mean, to the offense's credit, you know, they just executed over and over again for three quarters. Um, you know, getting back to Tua, Mike, you know, the long pass is not his strength. I mean, that's obvious. I mean, we've got two guys that can get deep. You know, he, he's just not getting the ball there. And, I, you know, I, I don't know what the problem is. Maybe he just doesn't have the arm strength because he's got a perfect pocket to throw out of on these long passes. He's setting up, but he's still coming up short. There was a play earlier in the game when Tyreek created a pass interference call as well that they were fortunate on. but. If he hits Tyreek in stride, it's a touchdown. It's an easy six. And, you know, we, they've got it. I know they, they have to work on this in practice week in and week out. And I just don't know why, you know, he doesn't get in a habit, into a habit, especially with as fast as our two guys are, to just get rid of the ball a second earlier. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say to you. Um, yeah. I kind of feel like sometimes he holds the ball too long before yeah. he throws it. Yep. Um, you know, when they when <laughs> Hill runs as fast as lightning, you know, you've got to put that ball up quick. You can put it up in two seconds, Mike, and, and he can air it thirty yards down the field, and I can guarantee either one of those guys are gonna catch up to it nine times out of ten. You know, the short short deep balls have not hurt us up to this point. We've been fortunate, you know, with some dropped interceptions and some PI calls. But yes. You know, going forward and down this stretch, come November, December, we have to hit on those. I mean, think about this for a second. You know, you get that quick six like that where it's 40, 50, 60-yard pass. Your offense goes off the field, and you're done. You know, you're resting for the next drive. You don't have to sit there and grind it out and do these type. And they have opportunities, in game in and game out, to where they can get easy sixes. And like I said, going forward, they have to start connecting on that. If Tua has failed at anything this year, it is that. Uh, other than that, he's been absolutely outstanding. Can't say enough about him, you know, this week and last week. You know, he, he's played some really, really solid games after the Pittsburgh game. 
And um, I didn't think he threw a pass that should have been picked at all yesterday. No, an me either. I thought he, he was pretty close to perfect yesterday. He was pretty close to perfect. I mean, he threw a total of nine incompletions, threw for 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He's playing great football. You know, we've just, you know, we, we <laughs> you know, you're never satisfied as a fan, right? Because you see these games unfold. And you're well, thinking, you know, like, we uh, won. I'm satisfied, but we're we're nitpicking. I mean, we're looking back at the game and we're saying, if only this had happened, you know. And that's that's the way it goes. Yeah, we. But you know, regardless of that, Mike. I mean, we were, and I do understand your point. But you know, we were fortunate. You know, that was a blatant pass interference, and we were fortunate Oof. to get out of that game with a win. We did yeah, what we had I, to. I, I, somebody said it wasn't interference. I, I just didn't even answer it, you know. <laughs> I don't. You I know. Mean, how can you say that's not interference? He had his arm around the guy. He, he prohibited him from jumping. It's it's interference. And, it, and he did it early. He did it yeah. way early. I mean, listen, I hate P.I. calls. I just hate him. I felt that the one on Kahoo or Crusoe, I think it was uh, Crossan. Early in the game, I felt that that was really ticky-tacky. Yeah, I think we both uh, thought that. That, that was in the first quarter on one of the very first drives for Chicago. And the one on X-Man, I felt, was really ticky-tacky as well. I mean, it was, it was a little bit of contact down the field. But my God, the guy was running towards the sideline, and X-Man was trying to get turned around. I mean, you know, it, it was ticky-tacky. It truly was. So, you know, I, I hate, I hate P.I. calls, but... You know, that should have been a PI. That that should have definitely been a pass interference call. We were fortunate on a few on a few occasions, Mike. There was a couple of plays where I, I know one in particular where Tua really should have gotten called for intentional grounding because um he was just trying to get rid of the ball. The player Yeah, they gave him the benefit of the doubt. They gave him the benefit yeah. of the doubt. We were fortunate. I know the head coach and the fans were losing their minds. It, <laughs> it was it was pretty funny, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but hey, how many times? I always say this, you know, you you have to overcome these type of things, and the good teams overcome all this to win football games. That's just the way it is. Yep, you know? and so, and a shout out to them for uh, only having three penalties yesterday. That was a, a good turnaround from what we had seen the previous couple of weeks. It was absolutely. But Mike, in in one season, have you ever? ever seen i mean here we are we're nine games into our season right we're about a little bit more than halfway i have never seen as many illegal men downfield i know on one offense i know i i don't think it's our offense specifically i just think they're focusing on that this year maybe a little stronger than they have i don't know mike because i I watch a lot of football, and I don't see that called all that often in all the other games I'm watching. It, it's it's us, and I don't understand what is going on. Uh, maybe it's just a little bit complicated in regard to the blocking schemes, and they you know guys just wind up downfield. But it it it's happening way way too hard, way way too often. I mean, I just don't remember a half a season. I don't remember a whole season where I've seen as many yeah, you know, illegal that, men that, downfield. Those calls. whole rules regarding the linemen downfield yeah. is really tough on the linemen. It is, no question. Really tough. I mean, you know, there, there are certain plays where you can't go a yard beyond the line of scrimmage. And that, you know, <laughs> you're wrestling with an alligator, you know. <laughs> it's hard to say you're going to stay within that yard. It's true. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it, it's absolutely true. Um, so. 
You know, looking at some of the numbers yesterday, Mike, you know, offensive-wise, I mean, we had roughly 11 more total yards offense than they did, which is crazy because basically they did it solely on, you know, on the legs of fields. I mean, that's where the majority of their offense came from. And yeah. as good as our, our offense was, yardage-wise, they were right there with us. So, you know, j- just an interesting game. Didn't – I mean, I didn't see it unfolding as it did. I just didn't. I, didn't I don't either. think anybody did. No, I mean, that was nothing like what I expected. I don't think anybody thought that there were going to be 67 points scored in this football game. I mean, crazy. Well, I didn't foresee Fields running for, you know, 178 yards or whatever no. it was he had. If you watch them, and this, this was a game that I was very concerned with because of the way Chicago has played the last couple of weeks. Um, yep. You know, they played Dallas extremely tough, and they just blew New England's doors off in New England on the Monday night prior. So they, they've they been playing really good football. And they're three and six. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Well, you know, they they have to get better at certain positions. I mean, but you can see they're on the right path. They're, they're playing very good football on both sides. They, t- they, they traded away two of their better defensive players. So, yeah, yeah. You know, and, you know, it is what it is. I mean, they've got draft picks. They're, they're you know, they, they're, they're on the right path, Mike, to yep. say the least. But, uh, you know, so you want to talk about some individuals other than Tua? I mean, we just Well, we before we do, give me, give me your thoughts on the uh, Chubb acquisition. Well, I mean, it's a lot of money. We don't pay that money. We say it all the time. I tell you that all the time. But, boy, he got a big contract for a guy that uh, is somewhat injury prone. I don't know. He's somewhat one-dimensional. You know, we need a pass rush, Mike. And, you know, it just comes down to how much you value that pass rush. I mean, obviously, he's brought in to, you know, to help with Josh Allen and the other kid up in New York, Wilson, you know, to help run these type of players down. You know, obviously, you know, you get into the playoffs, you're dealing with the Russell Wilson, possibly a Mahomes. Whoever the case may be, you know, uh, there, there's running the guys that can run the football in the AFC. So, you know, we need a pass rush, Mike. It, it's just not there. We're not, we're not doing enough in regard to that. So, you know, they valued uh, the, trans, the transaction uh, and the fact that they needed a guy to bring in. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, next year when draft comes around, you know, we went from having two picks to having zero now, <laughs> yep. you know. Yep. So the draft becomes, you know, kind of like. Eh. Like last year, it's a whole hum event. Yeah, it's a whole hum event. And we've got a guy now, you know, at that position making an awful lot of money. So, I mean, you know, I'm kind of. You know, I'm kind of in between on it. You know, I love having those draft picks. I love having those young guys for a couple of years under contract and just, you know, just bringing something to the table. You know, sometimes the veterans, Mike, you know, when they get that kind of money, you know, they... Yeah, they get fat and lazy. They get kind of... I wouldn't say fat and lazy, but I would say comfortable. And, you know, you know, they, they don't have that, you know, that spark that, that they have initially when they get into the NFL. You know, it's just like anything else. You know, you start a new job, you're all jacked up, you know, you're out there busting hump, you're trying to, you know, establish yourself, make, you know, get another, get a raise, you know, same right. thing in the NFL, you sure. know, you're looking for your next big contract, you know, and, and once you get that, you kind of get comfortable, you know, so, you know, it's like that in every profession, 
you know, I, I tend to like having the draft picks, but you know, we'll see. Hope maybe this guy will make a difference down the stretch and you know, and and it'll be worth, you know, the the number one pick and the amount of money that we're paying the fella. All right. Well that answers that. <laughs> that answers that. Um you wanna talk about Mr. Kahoo a little bit, Mike? Well, before we do draft what about picks? the what, what, what about the running back? Oh, Wilson. Yeah, yeah, let's go to Wilson. Um, then we'll go to DraftKings, right? Yep. How's that? Yep. Um, Wilson looked very good yesterday. Um, you know, 51 yards rushing, had the touchdown reception, did a really, really good job. I mean, listen, they're going to be a nice one-two punch. I mean, it, to me, it was interesting, you know, where a guy that was just brought in was getting the majority of the carries in the second half. Um, I didn't think Mozart was doing all that bad a job. You know, I mean, I felt that, um, you know, either one of them are more than capable. Um, you know, I think Mozart dropped a pass in this game, didn't he? And I think after that, you know, they kind of swayed more towards Wilson. He didn't have a great game yesterday. Uh, he was he was 51-2, according to PFF. Yeah. I mean, he, here's the thing about Wilson, Mike. You know, you didn't give up a lot to get him. Right. But, you know, you shouldn't have because he's a free agent at the end of the year. Now, right. they can bring him back, absolutely, but they can also lose him. Yep. So you're basically bringing in a guy for a half a season. You know, he's probably an upgrade over Edmonds. I mean... Oh, he, I think he's a he clear looked, upgrade yeah, over Edmonds. He, he looked more productive in one game than yeah. Edmonds had the whole season, and he didn't drop he didn't drop passes that were thrown to him. So... You know, with all that being said, I felt that that was a nice addition to the team and the offense. And Mike, I'll tell you, you know, if the Austin Jackson should be back, you know, over the next week or two and and your offense is now, you know, basically at full strength, um, you know, the injury bugs hit the defense this year. And, and it's unfortunate because, you know, the offense, once fully healthy, you know, the depth across the offensive line, you know, the fact that, you know, Shell has played well. You know, it, it creates competition and, and it creates situations to where you can plug guys in and they're still getting the job done. You know, I felt Jones did a good job in replace of Eichenberg. And, you know, th- there's there's also this possibility, Mike. You know, you may very well see Shell stay at that right tackle position and move Austin Jackson to the left guard position, which is where he played the majority yeah, of the Yeah, some people year. have been speculating that's what might happen. Yeah, I mean, that could happen too. But you know what, Mike? It gives you options. You're going to put your best five out there and having another body down the stretch is major. I'm a little concerned about Jones, um, you know, the, the cornerback uh, coming back at some point this oh, I, year. I've, I've pretty much given up on that. If it happens, it happens. But yeah. I mean, I think he's, you know, listen, if we get him back for December, Mike, it, it'll still be a plus, right? Because sure. Needham's done for the year. Jones is done for the year. Any kind of body you get back there, you know, and he is a very, very good player. If you get him back for, you know, the stretched run in December, that's a plus. So, you know, again, we're in the first week of November. You know, I know we're all getting a little bit antsy about getting him back, but you know, that would be a major positive. You know, that would be like signing, you know, a good cornerback, which everybody was wanting us to do before the trade deadline, trading for some depth. But just to find this kid, Kahoo has played exceptional. Um, You know, next man up and he's done a really, really good job. I mean, I think he was what our highest graded defender. Yes, he was our highest graded defender. Yes. I mean, who, who would have bet money on that? 
he's playing at a very good, very high level. And Mike, he tackles. Yeah. I mean, he puts his head down and he hits. I like yep. the way this kid is playing football. Yeah. Um, his coverage grade yesterday was 84.9. Outstanding. Can't beat that. Can't beat it. I mean, you know, that's elite, right? That's It's close. It's, it's close. Damn close, yeah. Yep. Um, you know, that's what you want to see. And it, it's something we absolutely need. You know, we need him going down. Um, you know, we needed another guy to step in. We didn't want to rely on Igbenogany. You know, he's still down the depth chart a bit. You know, so obviously him and Crossan have, you know, have come back. And, you know, you didn't see a lot of Igbenogany yesterday. And I think that's, <laughs> you know, I hate to say stuff like this, but I think that's... Well, he was in for 19 snaps. And, yeah. And uh, kid has trouble tackling, you know, 27-1 tackling. Um, yeah. Run yeah. defense, 63-2. Yeah. Coverage, 56-9. You know, not a terrible game, but not a great one either. No, not at all. Um, you know, the offensive line played well again. They were pretty much really good yesterday. <laughs> they were. I mean, It's you know, hard to say that, you know. Our offensive line was pretty good yesterday. That's tough. <laughs> I know, right? Because it just doesn't happen that often, you know. It does not. Uh, but Cedric you know, Wilson, 88 grade, you know. Uh, what more can you ask for, you know, uh, for the receiver? Um, Tyreek Hill, 93-3. Tyreek is just insane. Model 85-4. So, you know, and, you know, you had those three guys, and they're all all have nice grades. Now, you know, uh, Wilson didn't get a lot of snaps, but uh, he was out there for 13 plays. Mike, I got to tell you something in regard to Tyreek Hill, who you just mentioned. Um, this guy has to be considered for MVP right now. I know quarterbacks usually get it, but the season that this guy's having, I mean, he's only got three touchdowns, which is, you know, w- which is going to hurt him to some extent, but he's on pace, Mike, to catch 150 balls and go over 2,000 yards as a receiver. I mean, that's an incredible season. So, I mean, if he continues and he starts getting some touchdowns, you know, over these last eight games, uh, they have to consider him for MVP. I mean, I don't know how many guys are having a better season than he is at this point. You know, when you look around the league, I don't know if there is a guy that's having I a better season. I don't know if there is either. I don't uh, think there from is. From a receiver position anyway. Well, receiver, even quarterback, Mike. I mean, Josh Allen's been, you know, he's outstanding. There's no question about that. Mahomes is always very good, but are they playing at an MVP level right now? I'm not so sure they are. And I can't think of anybody else around the league, you know, that uh, that's going to warrant that. Maybe the kid in Philadelphia, the quarterback. I mean, he's Probably. playing. He's playing at a high level. But yeah. Tyreek Hill's just over the top this year. He's just incredible. And as you said, they do favor quarterbacks for that award. It's just the way it is. Um, that they do. But that yeah, do. I mean, you know, Tyreek is. Uh, uh, grading at a 93.3, that is elite, and he is elite. I don't think anybody's going to argue that, you know. It's unco- un- uncoverable, Mike. He pretty much is. <laughs> he is uncoverable. The man is a machine, and those backflips are just, I mean, was- holy cow. <laughs> you should go out for the Olympic gymnastic team because he'd probably win a gold medal for us. Yeah. He's 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 an incredible athlete. He truly is. He really is. I, he's He's... <laughs> Probably one of the best athletes we've ever had on that team. I would have to agree with that, Mike. Right behind um, Brian Sosha. 
I wonder how many people understand who Brian Sosha was. Oh, uh, boy. Anyway. Anyway. He, he played defensive line for us years ago. Nose tackle. Yep. yep. He was pretty pretty funny guy. Anyway, um, you know, getting back to the game, Mike, um, well, you got a break for DraftKings, don't you? Yeah, I think we should. You got it. Your kicker's lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high, and the tension is higher. Your pulse racing. He kicks, and you watch as the ball ends. Well, make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Now check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Next week, I'm thinking about taking the uh, Dolphins over the Lions with the under. Now, to make things even sweeter, uh, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, we're back. We are back. So, you know, in regard to uh, the game yesterday, is there anybody else that stood out for you, Mike? I mean, you know, the defense, I know people are down and out on X-Man, but... Yeah, I see that too. And I really wonder if people understand exactly what he's doing. Like, how many plays was he on the field yesterday? Do you have those numbers up still? I I can pull it up. It won't take long. I, I I would estimate estimate that he was on the field for probably about somewhere between 50 and 60 plays yesterday, right? I would Um, say. 74. 74. Wow. So it's even more. 74 plays. And, you know, he's, he's getting beat by the other team's best receiver, you know, what, two, three times a game? Four targets, two receptions. Four targets, two receptions on him. I mean, guys, lighten up. He's not a young man anymore, okay? <laughs> this isn't the X-Man that you saw it three years ago, but he's out there on an island for 74 plays going against the other team's best athletes, which I say every week, the wide receivers in NFL football are now the best athletes, period. 74 plays, throw fields. You could throw fields in there with them, too. Yeah, 74 plays, two balls. Count them on your one finger, or your one hand, one finger. Count them on your one hand. One, two receptions against the guy. Listen, when he's not here anymore, you're going to understand why me and Mike consistently back the guy up. He's an exceptional was out there for 20 plays, gave up two catches. Right. Igbenogany. I'm sorry, one catch. Two attempts, one catch. If Iggy was out there. He was. You'd be seeing them attack consistently over and over again it would look just like our offense did he too he he too had two thrown at him and one was caught right i mean listen the bottom line is this the guy's out there on an island he frees up our safeties to help on the other side or to help in the running game or to help on the tight ends whatever the case may be get off the man's back how (laughs) old is he now mike 29 i believe 29 i mean he's getting long in the tooth for a guy that runs all over the field against the best athletes 
on the football field, yep. period, against the other team's best wide receiver. Game in, game out. Almost had himself an interception yesterday, but they called him for often, uh, defensive pass interference. Yes. Too bad. Uh, ticky-tacky, ticky-tacky. Yeah, that was, that was kind of weak. Ticky-tacky. He is 29, by the way. 29. Ticky-tacky, wishy-washy, however you want to call it. Yep. The guy plays. He does a great job. Got to love him. And that's it. So, anyway, um, I think we covered the better players, you know, all day yesterday. For Sanders, this son of a gun, man. I mean, you know, Mike, <laughs> you know, I mean, listen, I, I've backed him. You've backed him. But it's getting to a point now where, you know, I'm starting to get a little bit concerned because it's two bad seasons yep. in a row. I mean, a yep. season is about half. 73% for the season, and that's just not good enough. No, I mean, you know, these these three points are crucial, you know, and also, you know, the fact is he's my kicker on both my fantasy teams. You oh, know? it sucks and to I, be you. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, you know, those long kicks that he misses are, you know, big, big points. So anyway, um, he's got to get it together. I mean, we're going to need him over these next two months. I mean, these last eight games. We're going to need those points. I mean, you can't go up to Buffalo and be missing a 29-yard field goal. You can't come home against the Jets final week of the season and miss 29-yard field goal. And they're a lot kicker, they're a lot tougher to kick in Buffalo <laughs> than well, they yeah, are. You absolutely. Know. I mean, listen, I, I don't know what the hell came off his foot yesterday because that looked like a friggin' Frisbee throw. I don't know what it was. It looked like he kicked the frisbee, and it went like I. It was I don't even know. It looked like a Billy Kilmer pass, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was all wobbly and been you know going in ten different directions. I don't even know what that was, but it was horrible, just the same. Yep. I mean, they got you know he he's got to step it up. I mean, we can't come away, you know, with with uh, with no points on drives when our offense puts us in a great position. I mean, and the other problem is we're not working on those fourth and ones. So, <laughs> oh god, we're not leaving the coach a lot of options. <laughs> Two minute drill again. I mean, you know, these things they have to tighten these things up when it comes December, Mike, and if we somehow get into the playoffs. You have to be in control. You have to understand what's going on. The two-minute drill yesterday again was that—that that was horrible. It again. is the, the whole the whole way they manage the clock has been horrible, terrible. game in and game out. Terrible, absolutely terrible. You can't the timeouts. I mean, my goodness. I mean, if Chicago gets that pit. PI call, right? You know, what are you going to do? You know what? You have no timeouts to stop the clock to maybe get the ball back and kick a field goal to go back ahead. You, you can't waste timeouts over the course of a game. Get it together. I mean, the offense has got to get it together. They have to figure that out. I mean, that, that's, that's very frustrating. I mean, it, they, they look like, a, you know, basically a Sandlot football team out there. When they go into that drill, it, it's not. It, it, they look, Mike. They actually look better on drives that they have over the course of the game, and then they get into a two-minute drill, and they look like you know it's helter skelter out there. I yep. mean, you know, they're taking their time. I mean, I'm like, what the? I'm screaming at the TV. What are you guys doing? You know, I know there's a good amount of time on the clock, but get down there. You know, there comes a point, Mike, where you know you have to execute. 
And it's going to come back to bite us at some point if they don't get it together. We've been fortunate in some of these games. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a situation where we don't want that two-minute drill and executing the two-minute drill to come back and bite us in a tight game, you know, whether it be before half or at the end of a football game, because the games are going to get tougher come November, December. And, you know, it's a situation where they're going to have to execute. They're going to have to come up with points. And, um, you know, it's something that has to be corrected. They have to all get on the same page. They're going to need those timeouts at some point that they keep wasting early on. And, you know, we just don't want to get into a situation where we get bit in the butt by it. So with all that being said, Mike, you know, I felt that um, the offense just did an exceptional job. I mean, they're fun to watch. They go up and down the field the last couple of weeks. And, you know, we've just got to continue to do that uh, going forward. All right, so I'm going to put you on the spot here. Go ahead. We've been critical, you and I, of uh, Tua's play. No. Well, we have. Don't throw (laughs) me in. Don't throw me in that mix, Uh, Mike. That's all you. Oh, no. Is that what it is? (laughs) No. No, absolutely. What would you say about Tua now uh, in comparison to what your thoughts of his ceiling might be? Um, I think that he's in regard to my expectations he's played above what i expected him to do i felt he would be much better this year because of the personnel around him i mean come on tyreek hill in my opinion is the best receiver in football and waddle is probably one of the best young receivers in football i mean right now mike they're at a record pace um you know, you throw in Armstead, who's probably one of the best left tackles in football. You've got some good running backs. Hunt's developed extremely well. You've got a lot of talent around him. So me personally, I think it's a combination of things. Tua, is Tua playing at a much better level than what I've seen over his first couple seasons? Absolutely. He seems more precise on his passing in most games. You know, scratch the Pittsburgh game because yep. he didn't play very well in that game yep. at all. Well, he it may have been like rusty. He may have been rusty. It's It was the tour, uh, you know, that we saw a lot of the first couple of seasons, the inconsistency. Yep. Yep. But, you know, I mean, listen, Mike, he's limited. You know, he's small. He's not fast. I mean, when you see him scramble out of the pocket, you know, guys chase him down pretty quickly. You know, he's not quick afoot. But what I do see, you know, uh, well, let's stay on, you know, on the limitations things first you know, before I move on to, um, you know, what I, what I feel he's doing really well. You know, he's short on a lot of his long throws. Uh, that's been consistent all through the season. I feel like Tyreek should have four more touchdowns than he does right now. Or I agree should with have that. four more touchdowns. Yep. Waddle should have had one. Um, he's been short on a lot of passes and we've been able to, you know, overcome the, you know, that limitation. So the limitations that I look at with him are, are still there, you know, and I think they're always going to be there. But where he has excelled is where he was supposed to excel. He, you know, he's precise on his, on his, you know, short to medium passes. He executes them well. Uh, he seems to be avoiding, you know, avoiding pass rushes a little bit better in the pocket. He, he seems more confident um, in what he's doing out there. And Mike, out of college, those were his strengths. You know, what, what we're seeing is his strengths. I would think that, you know, his ceiling is going to always be, you know, only to a certain level because he's just not the type of athlete that some of these other quarterbacks are. But 
Can you win football games with him? Absolutely. He's, you know, he he's become an exceptionally good quarterback and let's just hope that he gets even better. That would be fun to see. I mean, you know, they they've won like 13 of the last 14 games that he started and completed. That's that's, you know, <laughs> That's pretty damn good. That is good, Mike. But you know, there's a and lot I of under, I understand, you know, special teams contribute, the defense contributes, and other things have Absolutely. happened that that were outside of his play. But that's still, you know, thirteen or fourteen games they've won with him behind center. So well, even Mike, if he's not Go ahead. Well, even if he's not playing at a phenomenal level, he's not turning the ball over and he's not making the kill you know, the mistakes that kill you. Well, me and you have talked about this, right? Uh-huh. How many games has Tua won for us? How many games has he been the main contributor in regard to winning football games coming into this season? And Well, there, could, was a, there was one that comes to mind, and that was the Arizona game. That was the Arizona game, exactly. Now, now go forward to this season, and there are games that he's 110% been responsible for, you know, basically contributing incredibly in some of these victories, including yesterday, including Detroit. You know, you can go to um, the Baltimore Baltimore game as well. So, you know, basically in a half a season, he's done more than he did his, you know, his first season and a half in the NFL. So that that's a factor. And that's something that me and you were always, you know, debating with people. Well, you know, the, the argument would always come up, well, look at the winning record that we have with him when he starts. Okay, but that's what you're supposed to do as a starting <laughs> card. Backup right. quarterbacks are backup quarterbacks for a reason. Yep. You know, Brissett, right? Bridgewater, yep. you know, Thompson was what, a seventh round draft pick. And and factor in the injuries, you know, in regard to those games and the helter skelter that went on. You know, when two is on the football field, when you're drafted number five in an NFL draft, and you're drafted as one of the top quarterbacks, you have to do that. It's expected of you. So where he's playing now and the level that he's playing at now, I'm, I'm more than content with it. Going forward, I think he still has to get even better than he has. Because come December, Mike, there's going to be some really, really tough games that have to be won, and he's got to be on his A game. He's got to be there. He's got to play just as he did the last couple of weeks. And let's hope he can do it. Yep. Well, that remains to be seen. But so far this season, I think he's he's been, a, you know, exceeding, I think, most people's expectations. Much better. Well, me and yours. Not most, because there's a lot of people out there that, you know, that, that stood behind him and, um, you know, said that he will get to this level. Now, again, you know, you can attribute some of his shortcomings to the personnel around him, right? Um, You know, in years past. But when me and you were evaluating him week to week, we were basing it solely on his performance. You know, not the fact, look, Mike, look at the separate, you know, everybody talked about separation with, you know, the the receiving core that we had over his first couple seasons. Well, look look at the separation now. I mean, these guys are open by 10 yards. There's times where you don't see a defender around them, right? <laughs> you don't. So, I mean, you know, y- you have to factor that in. You know, he's making throws where guys are just running wide open. They're, I don't think either one of our guys are coverable down the field. I mean, Tyreek gets, you know, he gets a lot of uh, attention his way, and th- that opens it up for Waddle on the opposite side. And even with all that attention, Tyreek still uncoverable. 
he's he's one of the quickest people I've ever seen with his first step. He's just phenomenally quick. Absolutely insane. So, you know, his succeeding this year has something to do with the personnel. It goes hand in hand, but he's playing at a much better level. The things that I've seen out of him, he's doing things much better. I mean, he touch passes, you know, getting balls in between guys. He's doing a really, really good job. You know, he's looking down the field. He's looking at his guys. Third downs, he's been incredible. I mean, just incredible. He picked up a bunch of third downs yesterday. You know, big third down plays. You have to have that. You have to have it. You have to have it. So I I think that, you know, he's probably exceeded both our expectations at this point in time. Now, you know, where the rest of the season goes, it goes. And uh, if he doesn't play well, we're going to say so. But if he plays well, we're going to say so, you know, say that as well. Mike, when you look at this team, you Mm -hmm. know, you you felt that the defense was going to carry us. Yeah, you you sure did. And as we talked about making the playoffs, the one big question mark was Tua. You know, as far as I was concerned coming into the season, well, he's not a question mark anymore. You know, I think that, you know, he he can get the job done. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You know, the question now becomes whether the defense can, you know, piece a decent defense together, you know, come December and playoff time because they are struggling. And, um, you know, it, it has a lot to do with the personnel that we're missing to some extent, but some guys have to step up. You know, they have to make, they have to start making plays. You know, hopefully this transaction that we made to pick up Chubb, you know, is a big help to our defense because that's why he was brought in here. And, um, you know, they can get back to where they were because now the offense is, you know, playing better than the defense. Yep. Funny how that works, right? <laughs> Yeah, we just got to piece it all together. And if we somehow do, Mike, we can be extremely dangerous because the AFC is ugly. It I is. mean, it is, it is ugly. And, and we didn't expect that, that either. We we thought this was the better conference, and we thought, you know, the teams in the AFC West were going to be better than they are. Exactly. I mean, you know, Baltimore, pretty decent team, right? The Jets beating Buffalo. I mean, obviously, they're going to be tough. Uh, You know, Buffalo as well. Cincinnati, you know, seems to – Did you see the stat that I posted about uh, the AFC East? I did not. Okay. In the 57-year history of the AFC East, they've never had four teams with winning records at this point in the season. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. It really is. I mean, but, you know – our division, unfortunately, is going to be one of the best in the NFL at this point. And, you know, as you look around the other divisions, I mean, you know, the Raiders are a big disappointment. Um, you know, the Chargers are, you know, they're barely winning football games when they do win, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Kansas City and Tennessee played a really solid, but they both played a very solid football game last night. They will both be there when it's all said and done. But you know, as I look around the AFC, Mike, you know, I, I see us as a playoff team right now. Now, that a lot can change in between now and then, but I think we're making the playoffs this year just, you know, based on a half a season of football and where these teams are. You know, I think we're better than the majority in the oh, AFC. Oh, we've had, you know, two three-game winning streaks yeah, and one three-game losing streak. All righty. All right, Lewis. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes from here, but... Uh, I've been impressed with Tua's play. I think he's been pretty much phenomenal, and uh, he's certainly played beyond my expectations. Now, you know, we just want to see that keep going forward, but uh, no reason to believe it won't. You know, he's playing at a high level. So 
Anyway, uh, that'll be it for today's show. We'll be back uh, on Wednesday to uh, preview the Cleveland Browns. Weather permitting, we've got a storm that's going to be coming through. And uh, until we see you again, fins up, everybody. All right, that's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is proud to be part of DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Pigskin Podcast Network. Check out these sites, guys. There's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy. All right, until next time, be well and take care. <laughs>